Hello and welcome to the very first inaugural intro, whatever you want to call it, episode of Not Your Best Girl, uh, an anime podcast with A-tier hosts and D-tier taste. Um, I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Kim. Um, I use she, her, her pronouns. Uh, and this is my lovely co-host. Hi, I'm Leanne. I also use she, her, hers. Um, we are two best friends who met in college like six years ago, almost oh, seven. God. It's a little terrifying. And we bonded over our mutual sort of dweeby interests. Those interests have now progressed to uh, unfortunately weeby interests, or fortunately, yeah. I guess, um, depending on who we're talking to and uh, if we're including our wallet in that. Um, <laughs> and yes, we've decided, uh, based on the prompting of some of our friends, uh, to start a podcast uh, just to uh, log um, some of our uh, ongoing projects, as we have been known to have terrible ideas that we conduct with no reward for ourselves or others, um, that we put way too much time and effort into, and gain nothing but watching a bunch of mediocre anime. But maybe, maybe, if we put it out in the world and we try to synthesize that information, we can have it blossom into something uh, a little bit more than an Excel spreadsheet and a lot of groaning. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's hoping. <laughs> um, but yes, we wanted to just have this introductory episode to give you a little taste of who we are as people, the kind of things that we value, the kind of shows that we like, the kind of characters we like. Um, see if, you know, this is something that will work for everyone. So I've come up with a list of just sort of quick questions for us to go through to give a pretty decent overview of the uh, the stuff that we like. Um, this is going to be a pretty positive podcast, I think, overall. Try not to talk about stuff that we hate, because nothing sucks more than listening to people talk about things they hate that you like. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add, Leanne, right now. I mean, I will fail at that sometimes, but I'll try and do my best. I might get negative. I, I think there's a difference between negativity and, like, just pointless hate, though. Right, right. And I think we're going to try and be mindful of the content we consume and, well, not mindful of what we consume, but in how we consume it and how we yes. analyze it. And, you know, I think one of the things we really do care about in this is that, you know, aside from, you know, I think anime feminists, there's not a lot out there in terms of, like, if you wanted to like, consume a podcast about people talking about anime, unless you want to hear two men talk about it. And I don't particularly. <laughs> How spicy do we want to be? But I do want to say that I just, I personally find that there's definitely a need for of a, more people discussing a feminist lens in anime because it truly, like, it's a, something I love and I want to be mindful of what I'm consuming in a way that is productive. Yeah. I think productive is a good word for it. Yeah. So, yeah. So we will be doing our best to be as inclusive, as thoughtful, as sensitive as possible uh, when talking about these shows. Obviously, the shows that we will probably end up talking about are maybe not the most 
uh, progressive shows out there. Um, but, but sometimes there's something salvageable or a really great idea to be found in a show full of otherwise terrible content. Um, mm -hmm. And so hopefully through, you know, talking a little bit more about that, we can, we can maybe, you know, come up yeah. with good stuff. The thing about Kim, Kim and myself, uh, we are bound to latch onto something we love into in most pieces of content. It's true. We are, we are, you know, you said you might get negative, but this is, a, we are fairly positive media uh, consumers um, and we tend to get overly invested. Right now, our ongoing project is watching uh, the entire filmography, uh, anime filmography of, uh, of Mamoru Miyano, uh, which we will talk about at length as we go through it, because boy, there sure are some entries in that canon. Maybe our current uh, tournament arc, as I'm going to now jokingly call these. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are in like the fifth week of this tournament and it will not end. It is hashtag hot mamo summer, everybody buckle up. I think we could spend way too much time talking about that. Yeah. So questionnaires, quick questions, speed rounds. Uh, can't spend too much time getting in depth because otherwise this episode will be an hour and a half long and no one needs that. So first question is, and this is an easy one, at least for me. What was the first anime you remember watching and when did you watch it? Well, if I'm being realistic, it's probably Pokemon uh, because I watched what my brother watched and I liked Pokemon but like the first like anime I watched that I actively like had agency in choosing and being like I'm gonna sit down after school and watch the four kids dub of Sailor Moon and so and Sailor Moon continued to have a big spot in my heart and continues to now and I definitely uh, revisited it all again in middle school in like the subbing and was able to watch stars I want to quickly plug though the first like Shows I've discovered not through four kids uh, were either or in High School Host Club or uh, Kanazuke no Miko or Destiny of the Shrine Maiden, which probably I I probably couldn't put into words why I liked it as that at that age, but uh, maybe have a better understanding now. It's I do not want to revisit it because I'm sure it's not good, but my gay little heart really liked it. Fair and valid. I think similarly, yeah, the first like anime that I ever watched was probably Pokemon, like in that I just caught episodes of it. But Pokemon actually led me to watch the first anime that I ever saw completely through and that I was cognizant that I was like watching an anime and that was Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, which did air on four kids right after Pokemon and right before Maggie and the Ferocious Beast. And I wanted to watch both of those shows. So I would just watch through on Yu-Gi-Oh! And there was the episode where uh, Kaiba threatens to throw himself off a cliff if Yugi beats him in the duel in Duelist Kingdom, uh, which that's the subbed version. The dubbed version is a little bit cleaner and says, you know, the blast might knock me back onto these rocks and I might die. But for four kids even saying, like, I might die is pretty intense. And I remember my nine-year-old little heart was like, this shit is wild, which is still how I feel about Yu-Gi-Oh to this day. And I did watch it all, like, as it came out in the U.S. And I did very much sob at the end of that arc. So that is for sure my first anime anime. Sounds like really the earliest way you found that you love Devastation. Yeah. I mean, I was also really into Holes. Um, Holes was, like, less sad. But the sad bits of Holes were the ones that I really liked. No, Yu-Gi-Oh! was the first show where I went, ah, I love being in pain. <laughs> Great. 
So, okay, next question. And these ones are can be kind of a lightning round. So we're just going to go through a bunch of fave shows uh, based by episode. So first, your favorite 12 episode show. Obviously, these are ranges, you know, 11 to 13. I can't lightning, Kim. I'll I try. Well, do your best. Probably ping pong the animation uh, just because I like a lot of 12 episode anime, but it just does everything it needs to do in 12 episodes and it does it so well. I'll stop there. Fair. My answer is uh, Kids on the Slope or Sakamichi no Apollon. I love that show with everything that I am. I love pretty much every aspect of it. I think that it is beautifully done and I'll talk more about it later because I love it so much that it comes up multiple times in this questionnaire. Next one is the one that was hardest for me, actually. Favorite 24 episode show. Well, for me, easy. Mawaru Penguin Drum. I'm late to the party, but I'm glad I came. I feel like this watching this made me really want to learn how to talk about and analyze anime more. And yeah, I guess that's it. Quick, but yeah. Yeah, this one was really hard for me. And I spent a long time going back and forth on like, well, is it, you know, maybe this show or maybe this other show that's like technically better. But no, I had to go back and say, I fucking love Steins Gate. I, I fucking love Steins Gate. The original or Zero, to be honest, they're both very good and mean very different things in my heart, but are equally valuable to me. You know, there's a lot of issues with Steins Gate and I'm never going to say there aren't. But it absolutely gutted me and really, really made me go, huh, maybe I should watch more of this anime stuff as like an adult. So next is your fave like 25 to 50 episode show. You know, there's a bunch of things in that range. So I'm also late to the party on this one. I am a late Akuni fan. You probably could have answered Sars on mine for my 12 app and have been completely honest, but I'm going with this one for Revolutionary Girl Utena. I will recognize I haven't seen that many, like, anime to this roughly length. A lot, I've seen they're shorter or longer. But has Leanne finished Death Note? Who knows? Who knows? I am going to say for this one, this was another hard one, um, but definitely March comes in like a lion. I think it's a really tender show. I think it's really gentle. I think it's very kind and generous and lovingly created. Um, I think it handles trauma and depression in a way that feels realistic and uh, doesn't gloss over it in any real way, but doesn't glamorize it either. And I think that it doesn't just stop when like the depression arc ends. It continues to show your main characters growing and living happy lives. And that's more than I wanted to say about March Comes In Like a Lion. So maybe I'll cut that too. And then next uh, is anything beyond 50 episodes. So 50 plus, that can include something that's 200 episodes or something that's 55 episodes. Chihaya Furu, that is mine. I, please watch Chihaya Furu. I think I annoy a lot of people because I please keep telling them to please watch Chihaya Furu. It is wholesome. It is good. It is, yes, it is very good. <laughs> it's some of the best portrayals of women and like questioning equality and competition that I've seen in anything. And I've also then read the Mang manga and had a lot of feelings about that and have no one to talk about that yet. So I just, yes, please watch it. <laughs> I also, quick plug, Taichi, Chihaya, and Arata are an OT3, not a love triangle. And you will hear me talk about OT3s a lot. Fair. And good. 
Yes, I'm going to be really basic for this one and say Haikyuu, but Leanne can't talk shit because she loves Haikyuu just as much, if not more, than I do. We both fucking love Haikyuu. Um, we are animes only. Uh, anime onlys. Don't spoil us. We'll get there, I promise. But I fucking love Haikyuu. I would be lying if I said it was anything else. But I do want to make a quick plug for Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, which is 180 episodes and did absolutely make me sob when I watched it as an adult when I was like 22, 23. It was not too long ago. I love it. And it's a great Yu-Gi-Oh! And then last of the quote unquote uh, lightning round is fave anime movie. It's your name. I'm basic. I fucking love it. Are we cursing? I guess we're cursing. I've been cursing this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite anime movie is actually the most recent Psychopaths movie, Psychopaths First Inspector. I think it's beautiful. I think it is a great, not love letter to the series because it's a continuation movie, Uh, but I think that it is just very pleasing to watch. It does some of it, the series characters, really really well and tied up a lot of the things that i was concerned wouldn't get finished after season three it is still locked up in amazon jail uh so if you can't get to it i completely understand but if you can watch psychopaths first inspector it's great so next question uh is your favorite trope and this can be any kind of trope my favorite trope is the dramatic or important haircut where any character, you know, shows some big emotional change in their life or growth. Uh, I particularly like it when it's growth and not a breakup. And then they get a, a hair makeover to prove it. I think some good ones. Uh, my favorite one, I won't mention because I think it's a spoiler to too many people. But and some other good ones, there's a good one on Ohana. There's a good one in A Place Further Than the Universe. If I watched Naruto, I would include that one because I even think that one's iconic. And then... Points forever for Haruhi for just the first episode. Her hair is complimented and she doesn't like that. So the next day she has a haircut. Incredible. My favorite trope is maybe a little bit more conceptual and I'm not even sure if it's a trope. So maybe I should have thought of something else. But I am such a sucker for any time that like a show or a piece of media in general shows something that used to be very clearly considered a coping mechanism or like a maladaptive kind of character flaw as a strength and not necessarily in the way where it's like oh and this person was so was you know too nice and that was their problem but actually niceness is the strength the whole time that can be done really well and can be really great but what i'm talking more is like i mean i'm gonna sit here and talk about steins gate but like Obviously, Kyoma is Okabe's huge coping mechanism for being embarrassed or ashamed or feeling, you know, defensive in some way. But there's a wonderful moment in Steins Gate Zero. Kyoma comes back and we as the viewers realize that we've missed this obnoxious hell man and that actually the like persona that he's put on this whole time can be just as useful as a sword as it can be as a shield. And I did cry. And yeah, I love when shows do stuff like that. Do time loops also count as a trope? Because I think time loops are also there for both of us. Oh God, yes, actually, fuck it. My answer's time loops. Um, (laughs) But okay, underrated fave show. Uh, My underrated fave, I'm going to cheat and say two because that's such a weird phrase for me. So one that I think that just like I don't see people talking about that I really like and is super sweet 
is uh, The Great Passage or uh, Funeoame, um, which is the dictionary anime. And it's just I think it's 12 or 11 episodes. I can't quite remember. I didn't write that down. And it's just short, sweet, wholesome one that's maybe underrated that people actively avoid is that I know a lot of people don't watch Welcome to the Ballroom because of the necks, but I really like it. I mean, I'm a sucker for most sports anime, and it is a sports anime, but I would also would push for that. <laughs> yeah, fair. I mean, I'm one of the people who won't watch it for the necks, but I understand. And also, I understand that, like, I love Haikyuu, and it's the same sort of style, the next are definitely worse in ballroom, though. I will, I will defend Haikyuu on that end. That's fair. Although, have you seen Suki's neck in some shots? Yes, but you haven't seen what I've seen. That's fair. I've only seen one AMV of Welcome to the Ballroom. Okay, my underrated fave is, I'm going to be repetitive here. It's Kids on the Slope. It's Sakamichi no Apollon. I love that show so fucking much. I'm going to give just a brief pitch for how much I love it. It's about jazz. It has a wonderful OT3. It is just some of the most delicate and beautiful character work that I've seen um, in a show. It's so just generous with its main characters. It also has the best sort of setting, like the most dedication to being specifically from a specific place and time that I've ever seen. Of course, it has Yoko Kano doing the score, so the score is fucking incredible. It's a Watanabe show, so I don't understand why more people don't watch it or talk about it, but but the fandom is tiny, and it also has some of the best pacing I've ever seen a show do. So please watch Kids on the Slope. As everyone who's ever heard me speak knows, I swear to God, I could get Please Watch Kids on the Slope tattooed on my forehead. I, I honestly should for how much I say it. So moving on, this one's a fun one. If you could give one show one more season, which one would it be? I know what your answer is, Leanne. Please say it. Stars Align. <laughs> Absolutely. No question. Stars Align or Oshia no Sora. It definitely needs it, especially with where it ended. That sweet little one minute fan movie. Sweet. But now I really want another season more. So I agree. Please and thank you. This, that is like objectively the correct answer to this question. I am going to be entirely on brand and say, hey, Studio Bones. Hey, hey, Studio Bones. Where's season three of Noragami? I know you've been busy, but where's season three of Noragami? Don't at me. I know that there's no season three of Noragami because the manga is still working through that arc. Believe me, I keep up with Noragami. Um, <laughs> but it's the highlight of my month. And then I spent three days crying because it's categorized as a comedy. It's not a comedy. No, I would love for Noragami to get a season three, though. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's an incredible show and it really, really, really deserves it. And that's cliche, but I don't care. Okay. Problematic fave show. Uh, all of them. <laughs> I like a lot of trash, but the correct answer for me is probably free. I love free. I definitely know the baiting is bad, but I'm also, I have fun and I like free. I love Rin. Um, maybe another answer that is like less clearly problematic, but has definite issues is one of my other, like truly one of my favorite anime, Dorara. But we'll leave it at that. Dorara, good. Um, that's my whole big take. I love Selty. My cat's name is Selty. I love both your cat Selty and also Selty Selty. 
so very much. My problematic fave here is another show I've already mentioned. Uh, it's Psychopaths. I think that many of the problems with Psychopaths are readily apparent in that it definitely tends to objectify its women and also is, you know, for all intents and purposes, a cop show. Though I think the critique it's trying to make is that, you know, cops and state surveillance are bad. But how successfully it makes that critique, I think, is something that I could be an interesting discussion. But that being said, I fucking love Psychopaths. I'm such a sucker for detective shows. I am such a sucker for, like, detectives who are really committed to their job, but then end up going rogue because they're too committed to their job. I unfortunately think that's incredibly sexy. This is a quick plug. Everyone play A play AI the Somnium Files. <laughs> if you want to talk about problematic faves. God, please play AI the Somnium Files. Yeah, we should also just take a second with this AI segue to mention that we are both Uchikoshi fuckers and will uh, inevitably, unfortunately, watch Punchline because we love his games so much. It's true. Please play Zero Escape, but also, especially, please play AI the Somnium Files. Yeah, AI is probably a better intro. Either that or, I mean, you could start with 999. Everybody loves 999. That is 999. Okay, this is my personal favorite question on the list. What show are you in a rivals to lovers with? Meaning, what show are, is staring you down? What show do you know you'll watch eventually and you hate yourself for it? Either because you hate yourself for being so too prideful to watch it or because you know it's going to be a bad show. So this is definitely more of a Kim question because I struggled with this one. I definitely am the type of person who's like, oh, look at this trash. I won't watch it. And then like a couple of days later, I watch it and like a night. It's true. Shout out to Koi to Uso. Yes. But I would say that, you know, sometimes when I uh, unfortunately play OP quizzes, I go, I go, yeah, I'll probably watch all of Food Wars. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to you watching all of Food Wars. I think that'll be a new high or low. Yeah, this was definitely a question I put in here for me because I feel like Gintama has been sitting in my driveway staring at me for like four months now. And I just don't have the time. And also I got so bitter at it being on everyone's like top OP ranking lists that I was like, I'm never going to fucking watch Gintama. I hate Gintama. Fuck you, Gintama. And then the more I actually learned about Gintama, the more I went, oh, I sure would love Gintama, huh? So I've decided that once uh, the summer ends and I start school and we're out of the momothon, as I call it, I will uh, start Gintama and I will probably love Gintama. And I'm going to have to accept that about myself at some point, but I haven't yet. <laughs> and then in closing, your favorite OP and your favorite ED. Oh, back to back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My favorite OP is... The second one from Dorara, Complication, just because I loved it since high school. I've taught myself the lyrics in high school when it came out because I watched it when it came out. But I also want to say that I truly believe, you know, as I think people should, that OP is first and foremost about tone setting. And I think none does it better than Paranoia Agent because it's scary. And I said I hate it, which means I love it. Valid. I've also watched the Paranoia Agent OP and went, huh. I'll never watch this show. I'm sure it's great, though. My favorite ED, it's great because now I can sneak Sarazan Mai into an answer here, is the Sarazan Mai ED, even though it's pretty recent. Just because 
I normally hate, uh, well, one, the song. The song is a bop, and I would sing it, but we don't want to hear that, so I won't. Two, because I normally hate blending of reality and visual. I've only seen a couple things do it pretty well, um, but I think they do it so beautifully. The animation is gorgeous. As a lighting designer, I really appreciate the way they take the lighting elements and animate that into the real world backgrounds, and then on the, it's just beautiful so that's where i am nice no i i have watched all of those even if i haven't watched the shows and i would firmly say that those are all good answers good answer i'm gonna be a little bit also basic with my answer for this one at least for the op and say that i think erased has one of the best ops of all time it's my favorite i'm gonna stand by it the song is a bop the visuals are beautiful they clearly put a lot of time into it thematically it works and when it hits episode 11 and the op hits oh boy my mouth just dropped open because it's just such a little thing they do with it that makes a huge difference that being said i want to make also a plug for Dorara opening four day laugh because leanne's laughing because this i have an essay about how i think this op is like criminally underrated and does so many things so beautifully. I didn't even feel that strongly about it when I watched the show, but watching it later and recognizing what it did and how it like just so slightly subverted everything that you expected from a Dorara OP, because they are all stylistically similar, was beautiful and worked so well to like thematically get you ready for that arc of the show. It also helps when the characters sing. It's it. true. OPs gain so many points for voice actors singing them, especially if they are, you know, talented singers. My favorite ED is March Comes In Like a Lion, ED3, um, which is just some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen in an ED. I mean, I think the whole set for that show of all of the OPs and EDs are all beautifully well-crafted and dynamic and symbolic. But I think the color work specifically in ED3 is beautiful. I also want to make a plug for the Real Folk Blues, which is the Cowboy Bebop ED. I feel kind of weird about that because I don't think it's underrated at all. I think it's just underrated in comparison to the OP because everybody loves Tank. I love Tank. I'm never going to shit talk Tank. But the real folk blues is so legendary and so beautiful. And also, I don't know if you could tell, I'm in love with Yoko Kano and everything she's ever done. And I think she's a genius. So the real folk blues visually and musically is beautiful and should get more love. Cool. Those were all of the questions, but do we want to just wrap up real quick? Yeah. To kind of branch up into what our more typical format would be start with the check-in about like what we've been watching since we last met but not related to our tournament at the time um or um, our seasonal takes because those will be safe for later and then we will do specifically our so right now it'll be our mamathon if you will our status on that what we've we've started etc and then we kind of wanted then the central portion of the show would be the focus of the show which would be kind of our big discussion points which might branch off of our current tournament or of just like, well, let's talk about fridged women in anime or something like that. Just letting us kind of have a more full, expansive conversation. Four would be essentially, 
we, we talked about doing like top list, like a lot of things would be, but we realized we don't have the patience to properly format that. So we'll just kind of do like, and now here are some things we're towards a very specific topic that we want to list for fun. So like maybe like dramatic haircuts, like I mentioned earlier, or favorite anime pets, favorite anime pets, anime we love, but we don't want a friend walking in on watching. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is most, but some more so than others. Finally, we would kind of wrap up with a seasonal check-in with either just, hey, what are we still watching? What have we dropped in the, um, the current season? And then perhaps a speed wreck and our goodbyes. And on that note, as we are new, we are amenable to changing the format and developing as the show goes along. But for now, we're going to stick with this for a little bit. Um, and we hope that you tune in the next step. Yes, I firmly agree. So bye and see you next time. Bye.